Hello, my friends. Welcome. This is the Joe Martino Show. My name is Joe, and today we're going to read two emails uh, discussing last week's episode, episode 111, on healing that communi- or communication that heals. We're going to re-engage the topic of critical thinking, and we're going to talk about the fact that I'm grieving and how I came to that conclusion and what it means for my life. Maybe people who are wrestling with depression are struggling with grief. All right, let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, where to start today? I'm going to read some emails, uh, messages that I've gotten from different people regarding different things. A couple of my last posts have gotten quite a few emails. Last week's, I believe it was called uh, Communication That Heals. In the first 10 to 12 minutes, I kind of went off a little bit about our lack of critical thinking. We're actually going to pick up on that today. We're going to talk a little bit about me grieving. For a person who's depressed all the time, what I'm about to say could be a little offensive. But grief has come for me this year, this week, last two weeks, maybe three weeks. Uh, and, and that has led to some mild, very mild, probably. I, I am a clinical therapist. And yes, it is unethical to diagnose myself. But probably some mild right, uh, depression regarding my children and my life and summer ending And I want to talk about that. So this is going to be a bit of an eclectic episode. First of all, I want to read this. Dear Joe, I think some of the communication stuff comes from identity, not just ego, but having an identity built on, quote, my truth, end quote, and the fragility that brings that brings about. If there are no absolutes and the truth is tied to, quote, my, end quote, current state of perception, rather than a foundation, lack of empathy because I can't understand why someone might think or be that way. If my truth, again, air quotes, is fragile, a disagreement will be an attack. So the person becomes a cornered lion. So fight or flight, either attack or, quote, I don't want to talk about it, end quote. Ha. The middle pause got me. And I believe that that is referring to I did part of uh, one of the things that I do in therapy when I'm working with couples is I talk about two ways that we, we approach conflict that's actually bad for the relationship. And, and it's called hunting and running. You might have heard it as blowing up and shutting down. I don't really like that uh, analogy much because the, the hunter doesn't always blow up. They'll use sarcasm. But invariably, the runner begins with silence. And when I did that last week, I just paused. I just didn't say anything for a couple seconds. And it becomes very uncomfortable. All right, so back to uh, this email. I agree that the fabric of society is falling apart and the virtue of fear, as we've talked is keeping us apart, us and them. Currently, mask versus non-mask. BLM versus BLM. I believe that's Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Has most unwilling to talk and ready to attack, sadly, in a literal way now. Devaluation of the other is a huge part of it. Great opening. Jay in Hudsonville. Well, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. Uh, that is read with Jay's permission. Uh, I, I, there's a lot there that I certainly agree with. The, the, the Our views become our identity. I was talking to someone just recently about cleaning and, and this COVID-19 response and how people 
The other day I was at the grocery store and somebody had latex gloves on and was touching everything, including her mouth and her nose and her ears and her hair. Uh, She even touched someone else with the latex gloves, which was really kind of gross, only because she had been touching her nose and 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 her mouth. And I don't know, I don't like being touched with latex gloves. I wouldn't like that. But there's zero scientific evidence that that helps. And the person said to me, well, if she feels better, what's it hurt? And my argument would be, well, if she feels better, but it doesn't actually help, it gives her a false sense of security. And that's a terrible place to be. When you're stuck with a false sense of security, when you're engaged in a false sense of, hey, I'm doing this thing and it's helping me be safer and it isn't, it actually sets you up to be more dangerous. Uh, I I once had a client, a therapist consult with me about a client that he had who was engaging in uh, oral sex with men and, and men she didn't know, and she believed that she was safe from STDs because uh, if she did it that way, uh, her stomach acid would kill the viruses. That isn't how that works. She had a false sense of security, and it drove her, uh, or it, it allowed her, depending on which, I guess, example we're using, to, to engage in behaviors that were actually probably pretty risky. And that is often the case when we exchange logic for safety, when we give up uh, uh, logic for safety. In fact, the next email that I want to write is from, uh, does she give her name? Hold on, let me look. Okay, she does. Lisa writes and says, Dear Joe, I enjoy your podcast and the effort that you put into it. Thank you very much for all the work that you do. I do want to have a, I do want to have a question for you. I do have a question for you. In episode 111, you talked about a lack of critical thinking in our society, and I have to say that I disagree with you. I feel like our society is very critical. You only have to get on Facebook or social media to see people criticizing others. Could you explain what you mean? Okay, well, uh, yes, I can. I appreciate your writing in. Um, So there's two types of critical thinking. The word critical thinking can have two, the phrase critical thinking can have two separate meanings. Certainly there is the critical thinking like you're talking about, you know, oh my God, I can't believe that that she's wearing that. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he did that. Uh, Oh, he's driving a fancy car. He must have, you know, uh, issues. Certainly, and that's critical thinking. I can't believe they're wearing a mask. I can't believe they're not wearing a mask. I can't believe that they are uh, this. I can't believe that they are that. That that is critical thinking. Uh, the other side of critical thinking, though, and this is actually what I meant, is the ability. And and really, I thought. I think if you go back and listen, you'll hear this. Uh, I think I said this. Uh, I need to go listen to it now. I'll listen to it today when I switch offices. Uh but, but critical thinking that I'm talking about is the ability to examine what we're thinking and feeling and use a preset logic filter to examine it. Now, the, one of the problems is I think we're, we're so hyped up on bias today. Everybody has a bias that, that we, we tend to look at preset filters as they must be a bias. And, and to some extent, they would fit that definition but that isn't necessarily bad. So the critical thing that we're talking about here is, well, I feel like I should just quit, sell my business and move to Florida because it's warm down there. And with some of my joint injuries, winters are hard on me. 
So we'll just move. Tell my kids, hey, we're pack- packing up stacks or steaks and we're moving. Sell the business, sell the house, move to Florida. I need to critically examine that. Uh, just recently, there was a video about a press conference. There was a video of a press conference on the steps of the White House uh, by board certified doctors that all the social media sites have taken down for either violating community guidelines or uh, violating community guidelines or false information. Now, and one of my Facebook friends said, well, that's a violation of free speech. And someone correctly pointed out that there's no such thing as free speech with a private entity, um, which is true legally. But critical thinking might stop back and say, well, wait, why don't they tell you what the false information is? Why don't they tell you what the community guideline is? And I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday who's very much into this is all a plot to move us to a certain political ideology, and I'm not looking to get into that with you, certainly in this format. But, but why won't they do that? That's the type of critical thinking that, I, that I'm encouraging. If someone says to you, uh, like, like right now, there, there's a woman in my town who owns a bookstore, and be, she basically has one argument for anybody who disagrees with her, well, you need to read this book. And someone finally pointed out to her, well, that book doesn't actually have anything to do with the topic that I'm discussing. And she just stopped talking to them, which goes back to why I led with uh, Jay and Hudsonville's um, email. That's not engaging in critical thinking or critical discussion. So there, there is critical discussion like, oh my goodness, he's so fat or he's dumb or he's bald or she's this or she's that. That's not the type of critical thinking I, need, I think we need to get back to. I would agree that we have enough of that. What we don't have enough of is, hey, I feel like I should do this, but should I really? What would be the likely outcome if I did this? What would be the consequences, both good and bad, if I did this? Whatever this is. Or why won't, like, why, why won't Facebook, Twitter, and those places uh, suppress or, or tell me why they're taking down a video? And it's not an opinion video. It's literally a recording of a person. Or, or maybe it is an opinion video. Why are they taking that down? Is there a tyranny of the mob, so to speak? And we have to engage these things critically. The problem is that's work. And by and large, we're just exhausted. I don't even know if that's a real thing. But everybody, I'm just tired, I'm busy. I'm just tired, I'm busy. And so they don't engage in critical thinking. They don't engage in uh, arguments that follow some sort of logic. In my own state, my governor often, in the state of Michigan, my governor will often make decisions and she'll say they're science-backed and data-backed, but she won't share that science and data. Now, Maybe you could just trust her altruism and, and she's a fine, upstanding person. She's a public servant. And, and just trust when she says science and data, it means science and data. I'm not wired that way. I'm just not. I don't care if she's a Democrat. I don't care if she's a Republican. I don't care if she is the seventh purple to the blue power panda pop party. I don't just trust their altruism. Because there are some things about human nature that just run true that for decades, thousands of years, we've probably accepted as common thought. And we live in a society where we should question things. We don't have to be mean. We shouldn't call names. 
but we should question things. That's the level of critical thinking that I, I want us to come back to. And I hope that we do. Because, like, couples don't engage much in critical thinking. I sit in the room all the time with people who have just come out of a divorce and, like, well, I didn't think about this and I didn't think about that. Or maybe I did the wrong thing. Maybe I'm doing the right thing. Or, or they got married too young, air quotes, which I'm about to trigger somebody. Okay, so what? Right? So my three favorite questions, I've talked about them in the past. Why, so what, then what? Those are critical thinking-oriented questions. Those are critical thinking-based questions. Those are questions designed to help me and you think critically about what we're talking about. So, for instance, with with this email, a a critical thinking response, I would say reaching out to the author or, or to the person who made the statement is one way to do that. Hey, what did you actually mean? Explain it. There is also Google searches um, that you could engage in. You know, what is critical thinking? Dictionaries, those types of things. There are ways to approach it. um, And and the one that you chose is fine. Reaching out to me is perfectly fine. I'm happy to answer the question. Because I am afraid that we conflate critical thinking and judgment too much. A a couple years ago, I, I made the statement at a conference, if you can't judge things, you can't change them. And people just lost their minds on me. Well, I'm judged enough. I agree. I'm not talking about judging you because you're short or you're tall or your hair's this color or that color or, or your body proportions are these numbers. I'm talking about judging something. Does this add value to my life? That's a judgment. Uh, does this take away from my life? That's a judgment. Is this the best use of my time? That's a judgment. I don't watch a lot of TV. I rarely watch news. I was at a friend's house this weekend and they had the news on and I counted just for fun. 13 to 1 was the ratio this weekend of scare you stories to one, oh, hey, here's a positive story. And I'm sorry, when I look at it, I just don't think that there's a media outlet out there that doesn't have a bias one way or the other. And I have to take that into account. Now, do I collect news? Sure. I read news. In fact, I I would probably lose listeners from both sides if I told you the news sources that I engaged in. But I engage in them on my terms. In other words, I typically do reading. I watch video clips. I'm not going to give a half hour of my life to a news, a news episode or whatever they call it. Because I make a judgment about the value that that brings to my life. Now, the guy I was talking to on the phone yesterday, people that disagree with them, he calls them stupid, fill in the, the blank uh, as far as political party. To me, that's a judgment we can avoid. There are a lot of really good people that disagree about politics. There are a lot of really smart people that disagree about politics. Uh, I have friends on Facebook who, when I see their name come up as a comment, I know which way it's going to lean. And sometimes it leans left, looking at UB squared. Sometimes it leans right, looking at UKR. I don't even know if those people listen to this podcast, but if they do, maybe they'll figure out who who they are. Uh, so much of what we do is an emotional reaction. The, the people, you, you've probably read or heard the joke, uh, the modern, modern day equivalent of I'm taking my ball and going home is the people who announce they're deleting Facebook. I'm out. And honestly, can I just tell you, I'm on the record as saying I love Facebook. I've thought about deactivating my personal account and or, and or just keeping it my wife and my kids and like five friends. And because there's just so much vitriol out there. 
And, and it's sad. It's a great business tool for me. So I, I have to use the business side of it. I don't have to, but I believe it's wise to. And so as we engage that, we, we have to make judgments about the value that Facebook brings to our life or the value that it takes away. And there's value that it brings to me. Right there when I said I don't have to, but I, it's a valuable tool, I think it's wise. That's a judgment. I want to go on record as this. There are certain judgments that not only is it okay for you to be making, but you should be making them. The problem is we all have experienced judgment in other ways. In fact, I, there's one that I, I, did not, I had not really thought about as it relates to social media. And I had thought about it in person because I've experienced it in person. I had a client, we were just talking. In fact, I don't know if you've ever been to therapy, but typically the, the therapist and the client, uh, they end up engaging in some sort of rhythm conversationally. There's the opening where you, hey, how was your week? Maybe if you share mutual interests, you'll chat about that. For instance, if the client likes baseball, and I've seen them for any length of time, it might come up that I like baseball. I enjoy discussions about the stock market, maybe something like that. You know, you have that conversation. And then you kind of get into the meat of the session, whatever you're there for. And then as you're typically walking the client out, you might get in some conversation. And one of the things that a client said to me as we're walking out, I was like, you know, what? one of the things I hate about Facebook. And I was like, no, it mentally preparing to write a note and, you know, to bring this up maybe for further exploration in a future session. And he looks at me and he says, I have people who won't be my Facebook friend or who are rude to me on Facebook, who treat me a certain way because of how I was in high school. 26 years ago, 27 years ago. I don't remember what he said. It was close to 30. That's all I remember. Uh, and he said, and it's hurtful because they're literally judging the adult me on the 16-year-old me who had a ton of trauma. And and that last part was actually the part made my heart swell because when he came in, you know, that was something we needed to work on was helping him recognize his trauma uh, or, or things in his past that had been traumatic and traumatized him. But at the same time, I don't swear on this episode, but that's really crappy. I want to use a different word. That is really crappy. And he's right. Like, I've had people judge me. I know it's it's a whole nother episode for where I grew up. Maybe where I went to college. Like, oh, there's this. Yeah, but but... Like, there's been 20 years since then or 10 years since then. There's growth. If we're still judging people from five years ago without looking at what they're currently doing, we're jerks. We're just a jerk. If, if you are judging someone and you're mean to someone for what they did in high school, college, or five years ago, heck, three years ago, and you're not willing to look at what they're doing now, you're kind of a jerk. Not kind of. Well, yeah, kind of. Joe, you shouldn't call names. I agree. But good soul, people. The anguish on his face. And I got to think about it. I'm like, I, I bet that is very, very true. I bet that is very, very true. And so here was my walking out the door response to him. I told him, I said, well, you're going to have to make judgments on how much those people's opinion of you matters. But in order to do that, you got to ask yourself, well, what's the criteria they're using? It's all critical thinking. It's all engaging in critical thinking. And critical thinking leads to critical living in that it's intentional. It, it has an intentionality to it 
where we evaluate what we're doing with our lives and how we're doing it. So one of the people that I went to college with, she went to, uh, oh, it's the FIRE movement. I forget what it's called, but basically the the RE stands for retire early. And she travels the world. Uh, Her and her husband saved up money, retired, uh, sold all of their I think sold all of their like belongings, you know, paring it down. They chose not to have kids. Well, she listens to this podcast, or she did. And she sent me a message one time about how she was afraid to start listening because it, uh, because of our shared past, the the culture that we come, we came from, she was afraid it would reflect that more than it reflected other things. And then she said, and then it didn't. And, and see, I, I share this not because it's about my podcast, but it's about a person who engaged in critical thinking and said, oh, this might not be good. That's critical thinking. And she critically lived by saying, but I got to give it a chance. And she did. And she evaluated it off of what it is, not of what, off of what she was afraid it is. And this, let's go full circle to my woman at the store with the gloves on. She's doing something that's actually dangerous for herself, unless you believe this whole thing's a hoax. You shouldn't touch your face when you're out in public with things. Now, they have said, hey, it looks like it's breathing. And, you know, in fact, I just read an article this morning about how cleaning your mail is a waste of time. Uh, Hard services don't transmit the COVID-19. Scientists are saying that. But she's touching, uh, and when she touched a stranger, which is just, in our day and age, isn't a commonly accepted practice. There are people that do it. But that person didn't react well. That's how I actually brought my attention to it was uh, I had had seen her walking around, saw the gloves. And then when she touched the person, the person actually kind of yelled at her. And so I was kind of like, oh, what's going to happen here? Here in our little town of Lowell. Uh, But you have to engage. It's not just enough to feel safe. So many arguments are about, well, I feel, which is fine. We want to honor that. But we want to critique it. And we honor it by critiquing it. And this is a way for you and I and everyone we know to live better lives. I have a friend, not a client, uh, went to, I think, middle school with her and a little bit of high school. And now I kind of watch her life from afar. She dates the same guys over and over again and, and is constantly talking about how guys break her hearts. We've had some conversations about it. And the conversation is invariably, I don't know why I'm always, you know, being treated so poorly by blah, blah, blah. Well, part of it is, I, I don't tell her this because it probably wouldn't be appropriate, but as a therapist, I pick up on cues. You're focusing on the wrong things. That, that is a judgment on my part. I own that. I am judging the value of her criteria for what it means to get a good guy. I'm judging that. And I think we should. I think she should. Because if you're a 45-year-old woman and you're, and you're trying to find guys that are muscle-bound gym rats, that comes at a cost. Oh my God, did he just judge guys who go to the gym? No, I didn't. But muscle-bound gym rats, her phrase, not mine, that comes at a cost. Most of those guys don't have time to have a family, a career, and spend enough time in the gym to be 
muscle-bound gym rats. Her phrase, not mine. And, and so her criteria isn't necessarily that she's pursuing guys who have proven to be good family men or who were bad family men but admitted it and wanted to make changes. Her criteria isn't guys who seek to have some sort of gym rest-of-life balance. Her criteria leads her to places that are bad. And if she doesn't judge that, she'll keep getting the same results because that's how life works. We engage in the activity, we get a result. There's a process called antecedent behavior consequence. We've gone over that before. We'll probably go over it again. We tend to not think about the antecedent. What did I do to get here? What did I think to get here? What happened before I engaged in the behavior? So, like, I can engage in almost any behavior that I want. I am a, a... grown man. Uh, I am comf- I live comfortably. I could probably engage in a lot of activities that wouldn't be beneficial for my life. I have a friend that's diabetic who will not sit down at a table that has chocolate or uh, Doritos because he can't stop. He, he's like, if I start eating, I just won't stop and it'll spike my sugar. So he just he just puts away. Well, that's kind of rude. Maybe, but what he's doing is he's, he's making critical thinking and judgments about his abilities and his life and the life that he wants. And then he acts accordingly. That's the value of critical thinking. You start to examine your inner self. Uh, a lot of ancient writers wrote, examine yourself, examine yourself, examine yourself. We, in our modern day, have changed that from examine yourself to accept yourself. This is probably, man, oh man, I just started a whole new episode and I'm 25 minutes in. We've changed examine yourself to accept yourself at all cost. And we've changed accept yourself to no judgment. Don't judge anything. Which, yes, we shouldn't make value judgments. I can't stress that enough. But we should make judgments like, hey, I stay up every night till 2 o'clock and I struggle to get to work on time. Maybe I should go to bed at midnight so I get to work on time. That's a judgment and it's okay. That is critical thinking and it is good for you. Hey, I don't like this thing that I'm reading on Facebook. Maybe I could delete the person or call them nasty names. Or maybe, and just hear me out on this, maybe I could just scroll by. Hey, I don't like Donald Trump. Okay, Maybe I could just go around and vandalize uh, signs of anybody who does like Trump. Or maybe, and just hear me out on this, you could just talk about why you like Joe Biden or your guy. Or even if you don't like Biden, why you like Trump. Or, hey, I like I don't like Joe Biden. Maybe I could go around and, and call names. Like, like, here's something. To my friends who are Christians, to my friends who claim to be Christians or Christ followers or whatever cool name you want to put there, Can I just tell you that when you post things that are easily verified as lies, your credibility is in question. The the value that your faith brings to your life is in question. And if you claim to follow the Bible, that isn't my opinion. That's literally right out of the Bible. And I believe that how we interpret the Bible is how we get meaning out of it. Yes. But the Bible literally says we ought to critique ourselves. We ought to think about ourselves. And if you don't follow the Bible, that's fine. There's plenty of other philosophers who agree with that. There are plenty of other sages who agree with that. Plenty of other wise people that, that, that agree with that. And even if you don't want to believe in any of them, you don't want to follow any of them, just look at our world. Are we really better off living 
in, in this emotional state of, I just do whatever I feel. It's interesting. Portland's been an interesting city for me to watch. I have friends who live there who are very far left, or they probably consider themselves moderate. I consider them pretty far left. And they're constantly putting up stuff about how all the protesters are peaceful. It's government that's, that's creating the riots. Then I have some friends who live there that are pretty far right. And the protesters are the problem. And you know what's really funny? Both people claim to have photo document evidence. Neither person has actually produced it that I know of. I haven't seen it from them. I, I, might, have, I might have looked up photo documents in other places, but from them. And, and so here's the thing. When you, when you say things, we ought to critically think about them. Well, wait, what's the source behind this? Uh, what is what is my reasoning? Where did I come to this conclusion? One time I said to my wife, we were talking about thought stopping. I was like, well, that isn't actually what thought stopping is. She's like, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Finally, she just pulled up the definition. She's like, here's the definition. How is this pragmatically different than what I'm saying? I'm like, I guess it isn't. She critically thought about what I said. She judged it as false and she presented evidence to support it. That's a way that we're, we, we say we're willing to examine but, but we don't think things through. Last week, I talked about episode 111. I talked about how I posted peer-reviewed research uh, to, to uh, my wife's cousin. And, and he's like, well, I have four articles that refute that. And really what he had was four opinion pieces. And those aren't the same thing. False equivalency arguments. Those, those are things that come. We catch those when we're willing to have critical thinking about our lives. Which brings me to me grieving. I have felt off. And I, I, I really, I've been, I've been able to camp most weekends. A friend of ours have a cottage. We take our camper there, drop it. It's been great. But I, I've been feeling off and waking up in the mornings and just, uh. And, and part of it is at my age, you know, a friend of mine joked, uh, at once you hit a certain age, when you wake up in the morning, you have to sit there and kind of warm yourself up like an old car. A lot of people who've only driven modern cars probably don't remember this. In fact, now with modern cars, they say you shouldn't do this. When I was a kid, I vividly remember my dad turning on his car and we'd all sit in it for, I, I don't know, probably three to five minutes. And you would hear the idle change, like you'd hear it warm, and it would change and the idle would drop. And, and then it was good to drive. You could drive it. That's that's one of the ways you protect cars back then. And, you know, bodies as you get older, uh, you have to let them warm up before you can get moving. With COVID, gyms being locked down, I haven't been able to work out like I want. But part of it is, and I did bring this up just in passing, probably since the first week of July, I've been grieving. I'm, I am. I'm grieving. I love summer. I love my kids being home. I love being able to spend a lot of time with them without the pressures of homework and projects and all of that. And don't get me wrong. I love to be with just my wife to travel just her and I. I like to be by myself. I like to go fishing by myself, hunting by myself, read by myself. But I love having my kids around and I am grieving. My oldest is a senior or will be here in a few weeks. And everything changes in that moment. And yes, I'm excited. I think she's going to do amazing things in this world. She is a bright child. She has deep insight to people. She just told me the other day, Dad, do you know why I think so-and-so is a bad youth leader? No, tell me. Well, he did this. I'm like, whoa, yeah, that would be good criteria. Like, that's good insight. And she's go she, that's good critical thinking. 
but I'm grieving. I'm sad. I wake up and I feel the niggling uh, of depression at the back of my head. Earlier I said for people who have depression all the time, probably we should change that. to. I, I don't like that. I don't think you have depression. I think you fight depression. You wrestle with depression. You engage depression. Depression fights at you. You fight back. I, I think those are better verbs. William Glasser called it depressing. But I can feel the niggling of that at the back of my mind. I, I was out to dinner last Thursday with the parents of a former colleague and dear friend, Melissa Freiling Stevens. And I was talking to her dad, and she passed away a little over two years ago. Um, you can read about her on our wall, joemartinocounseling.com. Click on the therapist tab. Uh, and, and so anyhow, I was talking, we were talking about it, and somebody, hey, what are you doing for the summer? And a lot of my projects have not, and by projects, I mean like writing projects. I'm just not engaging them at the level I would September through May. And that's intentional. I do that every year because I'm just trying to soak up every minute that I can. Because when that sadness comes, I can ignore it or I can just sit in it. And this is the other side of critical thinking. One of the things about critical thinking that is so necessary is, first of all, I had to ask myself, well, why am I feeling this way? Why do I wake up and I just kind of feel blah? Why, when I have a quiet moment, am I just kind of sad? Because my baby girl, whose picture I'm looking at right now, she's probably, I don't know, Bug's born. Bug looks about one. She's probably about five, maybe five and a half. And then I'm looking at one from, from last year or this past fall when we went to see Hamilton. She's going to graduate high school and move on into the world. And my ability to protect her, which is already limited, is going to be less. And my life is going to change. Yes, in many ways for the better. But here's the problem with critical thinking. If we do away with critical thinking, we can't sit in two contrasting emotions. We can't sit in the, hey, this is actually going to be better because she's becoming an adult. And that's the whole goal of all of this. And at the same time, as a father, it sucks. It sucks that my baby girl is going to go to college. She's going to meet some dude. He's going to want to marry her. I'm going to want to bury him. I'm kidding sort of, right? And, and, and then I'm going to blink my hands and my next girl is going to be gone. And then the next one and my son, like he's growing up, but he's my youngest. And right now I get kisses. I don't even ask for him. Like he just walks up and gives me a kiss and it is rapturously glorious. And that's going to end. And so if I can't employ critical thinking, I have no context to examine myself and embrace the idea of, huh, I have some depression. Not a lot. Certainly there are people who struggle with it way more than I do, and I am not trying to minimize their struggle at all. But it is at the back of my head. I always talk about it. In fact, I went through and read my journal. It, it, it starts to, uh, I, I feel like it's right at the base of where my, where my spine and my skull meet. And it's there. And it, it's sad. It's it's good and it's sad and it's hard and yet it's life. And so many people try to avoid it either through they just keep themselves busy until they fall asleep and then eventually apart or they just ignore it. And it's okay. Like yes, the way it's the the what happens is 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 we is we raise these little monsters, we grow with them, they grow with us, and then they leave. And that's grief. 
And it is, it is okay to experience that grief. There are a lot of other parents who experience it. And maybe you're one of those parents who are like, dude, I can't wait till my kids are out of the house. This is not a judgment. I promise you it isn't. I don't understand that sentiment. But I don't have to. I'm not you. Maybe you're like, oh, I hate summer because my kids are home. Okay, I don't know your circumstances. But I'm telling you, in my life, I love summer. I love my kids being home. I love the conversations we have. I love the laughs that we have. And when we hit July, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a forward thinker. I'm always thinking down the road. I realize, man, summer's, summer's coming to an end. When we hit August, it's almost done. It's, it's a wrap. And, and, and here in our school district, uh, we applied for a waiver two years ago to go back to school early, which I wish we would not have. I hate it. But, but we did, and so our kids go back to school early, like the middle of August instead of the beginning of September. And it's fine, and I'll adjust, and I've gotten through every other summer like this, but there's this realization that time is slipping through my hands because the end comes for all of us. Like, that's the beginning of critical thinking. There, there's a principle of, of thinking about the end from the beginning. Where will this lead me? That's critical thinking. I have this grief. How will I handle it? That's critical thinking. My daughter's about to be a senior in high school doing college and high school at the same time. What does that mean for me? My other daughter's about to be a sophomore and a freshman. What does that mean for me? My son is coming up on his last two single-digit birthdays. My wife and I have been together longer than we haven't. And someday, again, forward thinking, that's going to bring sadness because one of us will die. Hopefully not anytime soon. But this is critical thinking. And, and here, one of the things that critical thinking does is it allows you the opportunity to examine yourself and to understand, okay, so this is why I'm feeling that. Well, is it normal to experience grief when your kid's growing up? Now, if I don't know that intuitively or if I doubt myself, I can do some research. Research is pretty easy to do. I am lucky enough to be in a field where I, research is simple on that type of stuff. Yeah, it is, it is pretty normal to be in a situation where you feel grief. It is fairly normal to be in a situation where as change comes, you grieve. As your children grow up, you grieve. As the hugs and kisses become less frequent, you grieve. And at the same time, I love the stage that all of my kids are in. Every one of them. And I grieve. And it's okay. And so today, my friend, if you are grieving, if you are sad, if you are happy, here's my hope for this episode, that, that those who listen to it walk away from it with better tools to be more engaged in critical thought, to examine yourselves. You can both examine yourself and accept yourself. They don't come mutually exclusive. There's a great saying in therapy, I'm doing my best and I have to do better. One of my favorites. Comes out of a discipline, not really a theory of, uh, of counseling, uh, but a discipline of counseling called dialectical behavior therapy. 
And, and one of the things that we have done is we no longer engage in critical thinking, either of what's going on around us or about how we feel about it or, or just our own actions. One of the things that I ask my children all the time, does this behavior cause you to become more like the adult you want to be or less like the adult you want to be? That is an invitation from me to them to engage in critical thinking. And so I, you know, I just have to own it. Right now, I'm sad. No, I'm not. To be honest with you, if I hadn't told anybody, I don't know if my wife, my wife might say, oh, she knew, and she's just kind of learned to live in the rhythm of life with me. But I'm sad. I wake up, and I'm kind of like, eh. I, I sit on the porch at night, and I'm kind of like, eh. Because my children are growing up, and it's wonderful, and it's glorious, and it's sad, and it's hard. And, and the problem is, take away critical thinking and add all-or-nothing thinking, which is rampant in, in our world today. If, if I take away critical thinking about why am I feeling this way, so what does that mean, and then what do I do with that, I can never get to the place where there's really nothing I can do about it. I just have to sit in it. And what we do is we engage in all-or-nothing thinking. It's fine. I don't really, I'm not sad. Why would I be sad? <laughs> and, and it's silliness. It's, it's literally childlike way to live that we should grow outgrow we should outgrow it and we don't in a future episode i'm going to talk about the importance of teaching our children emotional language but before we can learn emotional language we have to learn how to think critically about what's going on inside of us and sometimes what we do is we look at clues like i can look at clues at around myself. Why am I sad? It's July. I'm not... Tip oh, go back through my journal. I tend to journal randomly. My goal is to journal 15 times a month. Sometimes I make that. Sometimes I don't. Most of the time in the last year or so I have. But, but as you engage that critical thinking, you can look for clues. So I go read my journal. Oh, every year in July, I write almost the same thing. Ooh, every year in August, I write almost the same thing. I know we're not quite to August yet. Oh, it'll, it'll be a few days after this episode drops. But my friend, let me encourage you. Engage in critical thinking. It will help you have a better life. Thanks so much for listening. If you have a question for me and you want to reach out, send me an email, joe at joemartino.com. You can always find me at joemartino.com. Click on the Contact Me page, and I'll be happy to hear from you. Please put podcast in the subject line so that I know to uh, funnel it to that that uh, folder so that I can deal with it. Uh, if you haven't bought my book yet, The Emotionally Secure Couple, and you're looking for some reading that will help improve all of your relationships, you can find that wherever books are sold. And lastly, uh, if you find value in this, please share it with your friends. It is my best form of sharing this information with anyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.